This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you on a Friday, September 1st. And boy, there's so much going on in Philadelphia right now. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following the podcast. Of course, our video podcast, 94WIP, the YouTube page. And of course, everyone leaving reviews and ratings. Appreciate those five stars. And, and leave a question or a comment with your review. We will bring them to an episode very soon here on WIP Daily. All right, today I wanted to dive into, as the Phillies turn the page to the month of September, after really a remarkable month of August with power, with wins, with really taking this season from a lot of uncertainty to a team that I think everyone believes will be in the playoffs again for the second straight year. Four things stand out to me as keys and, and really what I'm watching for and what we need to see, boxes we need to see checked between now and the beginning of October and the beginning of the playoffs and the Phillies likely to go in, I, I think, as wild card number one and have a three-game series here at Citizens Bank Park against maybe the Cubs, maybe the Giants, maybe maybe a team like Arizona. One, one of those teams likely coming here to start the postseason in about a month. But but a few things standing out to me that, that really need questions that need to be answered before we get to the playoffs. Number one, it's become the biggest one, and that is can Craig Kimbrell be trusted? You know, Craig Kimbrell has been a really good signing for the Phillies for the one-year deal they gave him. A lot of, I don't think any people even thought much of it, and he's become this team's clear closer. 21 saves this year. Nobody else in this team has more than six. He has been their most impactful reliever from start to finish. He had a great run in June and July and May when the Phillies were in a lot of close games, especially June and July. And it felt like never did they have really big leads, and he would just find a way to close the game. So that... That itself was a really, really important element to this season by Craig Campbell. But that all being said, he has struggled lately. So in the first four months of the season, Craig Kimbrell had three total games in which he allowed multiple runs in and outing. Remember the game at Dodger Stadium uh, where he gave the grand slam late in that game? For the walk-off, that was one of them. But he only had three total outings where he gave up multiple runs. He had three outings in August where he gave up multiple runs. It feels to me like Craig Kimbrell is running out of gas a little bit here. And, you know, he's done this before in seasons where he has been dominant in the beginning and then towards the end, he hasn't been as good. And it's, it's been a great career. I mean, Craig Kimbrell, you know, I, I, I thought it really hit me around the All-Star break that this guy is, is putting the maybe finishing touches or certainly, you know, really pushing himself forward towards the Hall of Fame. So... There, there's a lot going on right now with this guy, and he's not been the same recently. Teams are hitting the ball way harder against him. Average exit velocity is, is not great. Barrel percentage, not great. Hard hit percentage, not great. We know he allows a lot of fly balls, which, 
of course, that, that means, you know, in Citizens Bank Park, some could go over the wall. So there's certainly some concern here. And the Phillies have to figure out, is this just just concerned for now? Is this just a little blip and he's going to be fine for October? Or do they need to start lining their ducks up in a row in case he can't be the closer in October, in case you can't trust him? Do they have to go back to closer by committee, which is what really I, I thought Rob Thompson did so well last year, picking and choosing the correct spots to use these different relievers. And I wouldn't be against that. You know, if Kimbrell becomes... If it's just less trustworthy as we get to October and they can ramp up Alvarado to be where he was to start the season, I don't think they need to go into October with a quote-unquote closer. They can play the matchup game. And you add to that that they're going to have at least one, if not two guys that have been currently in the rotation helping out of the bullpen. So I, I am concerned about the Kimbrell situation. He certainly doesn't look right to me like compared to where he was earlier this season. But the Phillies do have some options. They, they, this plan wasn't for him, no doubt about it, to be the closer. So if he's not, no doubt about it, the closer, I don't think it has to be the end of the world. But that, you know, is coming with the assumption they got to get other guys, um, you know, going here a little bit. And that brings me to another gigantic question for the Phillies they have to answer between now and the beginning of October is, is how they're lining this up pitching-wise. So, so here's what we know. We know Zach Wheeler is the number one starter now and in the postseason. We know Aaron Nola is going to be the number two starter. It was confirmed. I mean, I think everyone started to realize this a couple starts ago. If, if Nola just showed a pulse, he was going to be the number two guy. I wanted him to be the number two even when he was struggling because I don't really trust the other guys. And then Rob Thompson on WIP a couple days ago said Aaron Nola is his number two when the postseason arrives. So that means the Phillies have to figure out number three. And then four as well, as you know, assuming and, and with the idea they're going to get through that first round. But that first round, I mean, game three is an elimination game. That is a winner-take-all game. So who gets the ball to start that game? And then if they do move on, how do they line up the next series? Who is in this rotation versus who is in the bullpen? And, and it could be fluid, right? There could be a guy that starts game three against the Giants at the NL wildcard series and then goes to the bullpen the next round and so on and so forth. But... For the sake of this conversation, and we talked about it on this show, I think last week, who should be the number three starter? Ranger Suarez due back soon here on this road trip off the hamstring injury. If Ranger looks like Ranger, I want to hand him the ball, hand him the ball to start a playoff game. That's what I want. I know he's versatile, and I, I feel good about him coming out of the bullpen and pitching in every situation. But I want to hand him the baseball to start a playoff game. So I'm going with Wheeler, Nola, Ranger. Now, next, it's very tricky. With the way the bullpen has been trending, and it's been shakier, Gregory Soto, I, I, I don't trust, and I haven't trusted all year. Hoffman has been good. Um, Sir Anthony's been up and down. I do feel good when Alvarado's out there. I, I recognize there comes, there's like an ebb and flow, and, and he will have bad moments, and he'll lose his command, but I, I like the idea of Alvarado out there. And for now, they have no choice but to keep trying the Kimbrel thing and hoping he's he's going to be fine. But they could use another arm in the bullpen. There's no question. And they have some guys to choose from in this rotation. And with the idea of Ranger being a starter, Michael Lorenzen, I want as part of this playoff bullpen. I know he had the no-hitter here, and it was awesome, and it was part of an electric month of August. Michael Lorenzen's numbers, and I'll pull them up right now, since the no-hitter have been pretty abysmal. I, I mean, and that, you know... No one wanted to rain on anyone's parade that night with all those pitches, like 124 pitches for Michael Lorenzen. But if you look at Lorenzen since the no-hitter, it has been significantly different. And you could point back to a guy that throws 124 pitches, and since then, even with extra rest, 
has not been able to pitch the same. So since the no-hitter, Michael Lorenzen has made three starts. And you look at his numbers since that, it's it's been some of his worst outings the whole year. Six runs, four runs, three runs. He has allowed in, in 15 innings, 13 earned runs. He has a 7.80 earned run average, five home runs allowed, batters hitting 364 against him since the no-hitter. Now there's also the part of the equation that he's up against his innings, you know, high for his career. So he just may be running out of gas no matter what. I think the Phillies need to seriously consider that transition now. You know, if if Ranger comes back and Ranger starts to look good, I would transition Lorenzo to the bullpen now. Get him acclimated to that routine. Get his body acclimated to that routine. He might not be happy about it. I mean, he wants to be a starter. He's been a starter. He's been a quality starter this year. All-star, free agent to be. I, I don't know if Lorenzo's going to be happy about it, but... You know, you get traded to a team trying to win a World Series, you got to fall into your role. I think he will. I think he'll be fine. I think he will be better out of the bullpen because it's short burst. Let's say he's got 20 innings, you know, just using a number, left in his arm for the rest of the season. You know, you, you know, good innings. You can manage that, 20 to 25 innings out of the bullpen. And he's the kind of guy, if he's feeling good, think about a, a playoff game where Ranger or Walker or whoever gets you know, in trouble in, in the second inning or third inning. Lorenzen could come out and give you two or three innings because he still can do that. It's like he could be a fireman. I, that's what I want out of him the rest of the way. I think he needs to transition to help this bullpen. I'm not talking about leverage or closer role type of thing. I mean, I still think that's Kimbrell. It's Alvarado. But they, the, the Phillies have kind of an underbelly where it's, you don't know who to trust before you get to that pocket of relievers. Last year it became Zach Eflin, and he really took and ran with it. This year's Eflin can be Michael Lorenzen, a guy that could help out of the bullpen. Last year was kind of weird because Eflin was clearly a starter, but he had got hurt, didn't have enough time to come back and build back up, so he became this guy that they could count on in these in these spots. Whether he got outs in, in Atlanta, he got outs against the Padres. I mean, he helped. Clearly, that team gets the World Series. Lorenzen to the bullpen is something to watch, and I think something they should do. Two more here to hit on, you know, as far as, Questions the Phillies need to answer in the month of September before the playoffs. JT Real Muto. What are they going to do? How are they going to get him going? And and really, how much rest should they give him in particular? Because as the team has really taken off in the month of, of August and become an excellent version of themselves, JT Real Muto hasn't. I mean, you look at his numbers, it's not bad. Um, you know, he has a 108 OPS+. plus. But it would be his lowest as a Philly, the lowest of his career since his first full season in 2015. You know, last year, I felt early in last season, decline was coming and decline had started. And then he had a blistering second half and he finished seventh in MVP voting, won a gold glove, won won a silver slugger, had the big, you know, big hit in game one of the World Series. I was down in Houston. You forgot. You're like, man, I was down on this guy and he responded in a big way. So then you fast forward to this year, and I, I really held back in, in questioning and criticizing him because what he did last year, and he's obviously been one of baseball's best catchers for a long time. I'm just not sure that spurt is coming. It's September now. He's not been bad. You know, He's been above average, clearly, but his OPS is down nearly 60 points from last year. His slugging is down 25 points. On base down you know, from 342 to 313. Batting average 276 to 251. This is the worst version of Real Muto we've seen in a Phillies uniform. Now, the defense is still solid. I mean, that's that's what he does. He's, he's 
He's JT Real Muto. It's not quite as good as last year, but it's still a solid defensive season out of him. And he's going to be about a three, three-and-a-half win player. That, that's good. You know, last year he was a six-and-a-half win player, which is, um, which is actually really remarkable and why he got MVP votes. But I think part of this is he just plays so much. 113 games this year, 139 last year, 134 the year before, 47 out of 60 the year before, 145. I think this is a month that the Phillies continue a cushion where you got to get Garrett Stubbs a lot of starts, and you got to try to almost refresh in JT Realmuto before October. I, I kind of think of it as back in 2017 with the Eagles, with Garrett Blunt, and how he was a guy that older, still had some good mileage on him, but, but older, and you knew there were good carries in there, but you couldn't burn him out. The Phillies acquired Jay Ajayi, the Eagles acquired Jay Ajayi in October, and they really cut down on the usage of Garrett Blunt in November, December, then they revved him back up in January, and he really produced in the biggest spots in the most important moments in the month of January for for the for the Eagles. And I think that they could do something similar here with JT Real Muto and, and get him to a point where he can be his best version of himself, let's just say, when we get to the month of October. And the last one, and it's a big one, rest versus rush, just in general. If the Phillies could clinch this thing with a week to go, which they might be able to do, just clinch a spot, maybe not have the top number one spot locked in, but a spot, clearly with a week to go, locked in, they are a playoff team, clinched. The rest versus rust debate. And the Phillies, you know, last year, they took advantage. They had to play to the second to the last day. They, they went in with a purpose. They went in, you know, focused, and they took down multiple teams on the way to the World Series. We saw last year the Dodgers go out in that first round after a bye. The Braves go out after a bye. I mean, this happened last year. And the Phillies are not going to be a division winner with a bye, but it's almost in effect it could be like they are in the wild card realm. You know, if they have a week to go before the end of the season and they have nothing to play for and they start resting, guys, what's the difference? It it feels like the same thing where it would be like almost a bye week before a three-game playoff series against the Giants or Cubs. It's a very tricky debate. I think Rob Thompson has a lot of balls he's got to juggle here because some guys are going to need rest. Some guys are going to want to play. It's it's a touch and feel thing. You really got to know your team. There's not an exact science. This is new in terms of this baseball format in the playoffs. You can't look back and say, well, that team did it. That team did it. That team did it. I'm going to do it this way. So it's a, I don't think there's a right and wrong answer, but I do think rest is good for an older team. Now, the younger guys, maybe not so much. Maybe Alec Bowman needs to play. Trey Turner, we know he likes to play. You know, Bryce's stock did wear down last year, but they've been pretty good all year about getting him about a day off every week, you know, week and a half, two weeks. Maybe he doesn't need to sit. But that is a big one for the Phillies as we get towards October. All right. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing. Of course, following the podcast here, WIP Daily. Next week after Labor Day, we'll have an episode for you on Labor Day. But next week after Labor Day, you know what it is. It's all time for it all to coalesce. One of the best sports months of the year. September, the NFL, the Eagles, and, of course, a Phillies playoff push. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk soon. Have a wonderful final week of summer, weekend of summer as Labor Day hits. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the fills this weekend, and we'll talk soon right here on WIP 